friends. It's Moms Meet World, the podcast where we talk about how to strengthen home and family. My name is Mary, and I'm so glad you're here. If you're brand new, I'm shaking your virtual hand. I'm glad to have you from wherever you are in the world. If you're coming back to hang out with our family and friends, we're so glad to have you back again with us. Pull up a chair or maybe grab something fun to eat and get a comfy blanket or something. Um, We're going to have some fun today. I'm so excited for you to get to know daughter Rachel. Uh, She'll be talking about how do we, uh, kind of a series that we may be doing here, um, talking to different people about how do we find happiness mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically, all of those kinds of ways. And how does that sometimes translate to helping other people have more happiness in their lives? So I am so grateful to Rachel because she is in the middle of the thick, the slog of a master's degree and she is super busy and she's usually a silly little goofball like like her mom but this is a more serious time and a more serious discussion um and i'm so grateful that she could take time away to even do this usually we're we're doing other fun things like walking and um hanging out with family but this is you know the podcast and so we're trying to be very professional about it (laughs) anyway come join us we're gonna have fun see you in a minute Tell me all about what brings you joy physically and how do you obtain that? Um, I think that's a really great question. Thank you. Um, lots of different things bring me uh, joy in that area. I really love to exercise. It's a big part of my life. Uh, I love to I love to run. I love to walk with my friends and my family. I love to uh, rock climb. I rock climb pretty consistently. Um, I've coached for a long time in that area. Uh, I love to do yoga. I just, I really love to move my body. Um, and I think one of the main reasons it brings me joy is one, well, it's, it's very scientific. Um, it's, it's kind of hard to trick your body to not like exercise because our brains are so wired to like it. Um, it's a really great boost uh, to all those, you know, happiness chemicals that people talk about really, really easy way to get those going, um, when you exercise, but also, I really love to exercise. I think it it brings me so much joy physically because um, I do it because I love my body and not because I hate my body. And I think a lot of people exercise for the second reason and it doesn't really make them very happy. Um, But my focus is much more on this is like a gift that I can give myself and my body um, instead of a punishment. And that has, has brought me a lot of joy. Wow. I love that. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say it quite that way. I do it because I love my body and not because I hate my body. And some people, isn't that weird to think about? Some people actually hate their bodies and they do it because they hate their bodies. So no wonder they're not getting joy from it. It's a really good point. You have always loved exercise and I love that about you. I remember when you were little, um, my sister-in-law saying that the government would have taken her away by now. <laughs> She'd live in, lived in some third world country and trained her for the Olympics when you were like four, cause you were just, you were always interested in movement, but have there ever been times for, you know, there are a lot of people, a lot of listeners maybe out there that sometimes you, you want to like the spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. You you want to in your mind and your heart, but you just like also kind of want to stay on the couch and have another Dorito or something. What do you, do you ever have moments like that? Or how do you push yourself through if you ever have times where you really don't want to get up and go? Uh, yeah, I think that's a really good question. Um, my answer as someone who considers herself to be really physically active is that 
I don't think there's anyone on this earth who hasn't felt like that before. Um, so don't feel bad if you are feeling like that. I think that's totally normal. Um, my, my advice would be that the more you push yourself to be consistent, um, and, and approach exercise with a positive attitude, uh, the more success you will have in avoiding that feeling or pushing through it. So the more consistent you are, the less you'll feel like that. Um, but no, I don't think there's anyone on this earth who, <laughs> who hasn't felt like that at some point. <laughs> it's good to hear it coming from you. Jared, your brother, who's also super active has said, as all your siblings are, has said to me, um, if I'm ever in that position, mom, and I wonder if this happens to you too. So if I'm in that position, I tell myself, I only have to go for five minutes. I literally just promise myself it's just five minutes. And then when I've done five minutes, I start feeling that little bit of an endorphin feeling and I want to stay longer. And by the end, I don't really want to leave the gym or the run or whatever. A lot of times I want to keep going. Does that ever happen where you just have to give yourself a little promise? Like I'll, I'll just do a little bit and see how that goes. Uh, any yeah. Like yeah. I think that's a really, a really great way to, to approach it. I think that kind of thinking and also just that attitude of, you know, being nice to yourself, you don't have to go, it's not all or nothing, you know, like you can try a little bit and see how you feel. I think, um, even just maybe like you're going to the gym, like thinking of it as like, okay, I, I'm just going to do a really, really light workout. Maybe I'll just walk on the treadmill or something. And then maybe you'll get there and you'll think, Oh, you know what? Maybe I want to do this instead and I want to try harder. You know, it could be, uh, it could be, uh, any number of things. I think just kind of focusing on, on pushing through the feelings of not wanting to do it is the hardest part. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think that that's good. I think it's also important to remember that you can take breaks. You don't always have to, you know, you don't have to be militant about it. Um, and yeah, incorporating resting and recovery is, is great too. I totally agree. I think in times of my life when I've been perfectionistic about it, like it's all or nothing, I've got to push so hard. I've got to do the entire 30 minute circuit or, you know, why am I even here? If instead just thinking, okay, I'm going to give myself grace. Whenever I need to take a break, I'll take a rest. I'll just, you know, I'll do whatever I want. Maybe I won't even finish this today. I'll just, as long as I'm just consistently going towards it. Right. I also think of it as like the opposition that we feel right before is presented to us by oppositional forces, <laughs> whatever dark forces as like a, as if it were a wall of lead. And that's not true. It's, it's just like a little tissue paper partition. So we, we, if we just push it a little bit, we just push through that opposition. It's really not anything hard to get through. It just looks, it's like a mirage. It looks like, Oh, I can never do that. I can't get, I can't No, I couldn't, you know? And then you get, like you said, you get to the point where you get more and more consistent and then you start to really like it more. The more consistent you are, I think is what you're saying, the more you like it. And I remember reading a quote by a woman that I just love this quote so much. She said, I wake up craving Pilates every morning. Like people crave food. I just cried out when I read it. I was like, okay. She said, I just, she said, I was, I was doing Pilates at 6 30 a.m. the other morning and I was so happy to be there. I was just, I just craved it the night before. I couldn't wait to wake up and go do it. That's a woman who's been really consistent. And, and that's a great place to be, isn't it? Yeah. And it just gives us, um, those endorphins. And then how does that translate for you? Like if you do a lot of, you know, heavy cardio or, or whatever, strength training, whatever you're feeling, even a really good brisk walk. And you and I do those all the time. When you come back and you're feeling better, does that translate into a better evening for you and people you love because of that domino effect? Um, short answer is, is yes. Before I go into a more adequate answer though, to that question, 
I want to maybe bring the other side of this Pilates lady into the conversation because <laughs> she's I, here. Come on in, Carol. No, she's, no, she's not here. Kidding. Thank goodness. She's, she's doing Pilates. Um, <laughs> she's craving Pilates right now. <laughs> she, she can't stop. She can't get away. Um, no, she, uh, she hmm. is, is, is correct. I mean, I'm sure that a, a lot of people feel that way. And, um, I, I want to preface this by saying I, I, I rock climb pretty much every day. I'm really consistent about it. It's like one of my favorite things in the world. And I've had friends and family joke to me that I can get really like honorary and moody <laughs> if I don't do it. Um, because I just love it so much and I watch videos about it and it's a really incredible part of my life. But that being said, like there's still, you know, a day every once in a while where I'm just like, man, I would rather die than go to the gym. <laughs> and like that, obviously I'm being dramatic, but like that and that's okay and like i i just i i want to really be authentic in the sense that like even the most like jazzed up stoked little <laughs> fitness Carol instructor pilates. is really not going to be like that 100 percent of the time and I so think, there's no poly pilates yeah, just just so think, you know there's not yeah really. being nice to yourself and knowing i think what what she just yeah. said earlier is great like you don't have to be all or nothing 100 percent of the time no one on this earth is so yeah so keep yeah. it in perspective yeah. I love that. I love that. So then I think you were going to talk to you about when you come back and what you bring from that physical experience that maybe blesses others. Oh yeah. I just think it's a really, if you're in a funk or if you're not maybe in as great of a mood, it's a really, really quick way to, uh, snap out of it. And you know, it's not always going to solve all your problems, but, um, it's just, like I said earlier, a great way to kind of trick your brain into being happy and, um, that definitely can help the people around you. And it's, a, you know, your good mood is a wonderful gift you can give to the people who are going to be interacting with you. I love that. I, I don't know. I, I love the idea and I love the experience of having exercised and, and I come out of it feeling energy and yeah. And you bring that joy and that, that pep in your step as it were, that little extra spark to what you need to do next. And I knew a woman years ago named Vicky, and this is before I was really into exercise. I had so many little tiny children and the exercise I had was keeping them from, um, killing themselves all day long. Cause they were just so tiny and, and prone to, um, you know, Harry Carey that just accidentally being little toddlers. But I, I listened to her give a talk once and she said that she had so much energy from exercising. She was super, super consistent. And I, I wanted to eventually get there. And she said, I am so energized that sometimes I come home and I think maybe I'll just do more laundry that doesn't even really need to be done. Maybe I'll just do extra loads and fold it just so I have something else to do. Cause I don't even know what to do with all my energy. I've cleaned my house. I've done this stuff. I've, I've done, you know, I'm just ready for tomorrow. Now maybe I'll just do laundry. That's just sort of maybe, maybe needs some help. It doesn't really, you know, and so she just, I'm looking for things to do. And I, I remember tucking that away mentally and thinking, okay, so it's not just for mood and joy. It's also, it just gives you that extra energy edge. Would you agree with that? You just have all that extra energy. Yeah. And I've had women say to me, I, I really just don't have time to exercise because I just, my, my life is so busy. And what I finally learned is that it actually gives you the extra time. Like you have to go on faith and you've got to trust it. And then you will get that extra time back. In fact, I think all of exercise is a trust experience. That learning curve, the beginning is just, is all trust. And it may be all trust for months where you think nothing is really happening. I don't crave this. I'm not interested in, it. I don't want to go back. And then it just finally, finally kicks in, doesn't it? What happens to you, Rachel, if you like, let's say you had to go a whole week without any exercise at all. What would you imagine you would be like? 
Um, I probably wouldn't be very, very fun to hang out with. Um, I probably wouldn't be very, uh, I probably wouldn't be very energized. Just like you said, I'd probably have a lot lower energy. Um, yeah, I think I would probably not be, not be my best self. Yeah. It'd be hard to bring that. Then you'd be bringing that to all your relationships. Right. So yeah, it makes such a difference. So three cheers for cheering or any kind of movement <laughs> we can, that we can do every day. Um, do you have a favorite of all, I guess rock climbing is probably your favorite, right? Uh, yeah. Rock climbing is definitely my favorite. I've always told people that, um, just cause I've done it for so long and, um, coached and stuff. And it's, yeah, it's, it's so much fun to do with your friends as well. I've always told people like, if you don't really like exercising, you probably just haven't found an exercise that's right for you. You know, like if, mm -hmm you're always dreading it and you hate it. Like, yeah, you should probably stop. Like, yeah. That's probably not going to be very fun, but like try new things and see what works for you and, you know, invite your friends to do it with you and, and find other ways to make it more enjoyable. And maybe you just need to try a different class or, or get, get something that's more fun to do outside or just kind of find the right thing that works for you. And it'll eventually become a lot easier to do consistently. Wow. If I could go back in time and as much as I do like rock climbing and you need to help me get better at that. Cause I'm not at all proficient in that, but, um, but I do love yoga and I wish I could sort of go in a time machine and become like a 20 something and go and have gone with you and your sister, Emily, or was it Katie? No, you went with Katie. We went with Emily, Emily went with Katie, um, to Greece and have become a yoga instructor, which you are also a certified yoga instructor. How do you feel about yoga? Does that change? Is that life changing too? Or maybe not in the same way as rock climbing? Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's kind of a different structure, different folks kind of thing. I mean, everyone's going to have their thing that they like the most, but, uh, I definitely think that yoga can be an extremely, um, powerful form of, of exercise and meditation. And I think it has, uh, incredible mental and physical health benefits. Yeah. I love yoga. I love, especially right now, something called Payo by Shalene Johnson, which is a combination of Pilates and yoga. Cause, and the reason she created it, apparently she said is because yoga was hard for her to sit still for that long in a pose. So she created a more dynamic kind of yoga that combined Pilates with yoga, which I'm, I'm really appreciating right now. So, all right, sweetheart, let's go to the next category. Um, should we talk about mental, spiritual, or what else? Emotional. I guess uh, mental and emotional. You pick, together. you pick. I picked the last one. Okay. Um, let's do mental for right now. What do you do to kind of stimulate that and what feeds you mentally? Uh, that's a really good question. I, I ask myself this every day. I, <laughs> um, am currently a, a graduate student and, um, I'm getting my master's degree in social work. So for school, I work as a therapist. Um, and so kind of my main focus throughout the day is other people's mental health. Um, so I'm kind of working to help other people solve that question all the time. Um, and I, de I definitely don't think that there's a one size fits all answer. Um, but I think that a good place to start is, um, strong and positive social connections combined, um, with hobbies that you're passionate about. So, and you've seen, I guess we were kind of rolling the emotional and mental into one. And we'll maybe we'll talk about spiritual at the end. So I think you're seeing, um, I'm reminded of what you said, actually, a few days ago, you said, mom, the most important thing is social connection in all, um, efforts to help people with their mental health. Is that, was that correct? Is that what you said Did I quote uh, you correctly? Yeah. I, I want to kind of preface that with, I, I'm not the originator of that statement that's taken from a book called, um, the body keeps the score, which I'm sure a lot of people have, have heard of. It's a book on, um, the science behind trauma 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely mm-hmm. a good one to read if you're interested. But uh, the author does uh, make a claim in the book where he says, um, like throughout all of his research he's done, he's worked as a doctor and a clinician for a really long time. Um, like the most important protective factor you can have for your mental health is uh, strong social connections. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. Really gives you pause, huh? During this pandemic. And it gives me gratitude for things like zoom where you can still have social connection or even social media. I mean, it is so, so in that, in that vein of thinking is social media actually a good thing or is it questionable in other ways? Um, I don't, I don't know. I'm not the expert in that area, so I don't know for sure. But I think my, my kind of instinct response is that it depends on how you use it. It could be a really good thing for sure. And it could potentially be pretty damaging. Yeah. If it's used as just like a comparative thing and, and people are too isolated, maybe or something not there in person. Um, okay. All good thoughts. Let me think for a second. Mentally, I really love audiobooks and that books in general, and that particular format really, um, helps keep my brain fit. It's like exercise for my brain. And I know you feel the same, don't you about audiobooks? Do you prefer those over physical books? Um, I like both. I think it depends on how busy I am. I really, really love to read. When I said earlier, one of the best things we can do is have hobbies we're passionate about. Reading is, is definitely one of those for me. Um, and if I'm extra busy, yeah, audiobooks are great. And if I have some more time, I, I love to sit down and read. Yeah, me too. Ideally, I would love to just curl up in a big blanket, have a cup of cocoa, sit on a couch in front of a fire, read a book, but that's not always reality. So audiobooks fill that, that gap for me because that's one of my biggest hobbies too. And I love reading those things or listening to them and then discussing books with all of you guys, which is one of my other favorite things to do is have constant discussions about books. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about, um, how do we fill our spiritual buckets? What are some things that bring you spiritual joy? Um, I would say the first thing that comes to mind is, uh, trying to serve other people. I think that that always, um, makes me see the humanity in others as well as the humanity myself. I, I feel like that's a really great way for me to, um, strengthen my spiritual connection. That's my, my first response. I think that's a great one. And then sometimes that's challenging, isn't it? To, it's almost sort of out of our comfort zone sometimes, isn't it? To think, okay, what can I do to, you know, serve someone else? You know, what can I, what specifically can I do? Um, and then gathering the resources and making the time and all of those kind of things. How do you decide who you want to serve? Um, man, lots of good questions. Uh, I, I think maybe just kind of, uh, it's hierarchical. Like if you're clearly seeing someone that needs help, I feel like that's a, a pretty easy way to say, Oh, like I'm going to decide to help that person. (laughs) Um, You're standing right there and you broke your leg. (laughs) Whereas if someone uh, Mm -hmm. is maybe not as obvious, that can be, that can be harder. Um, but yeah, checking, checking in with people, checking in with your friends and your loved ones and, um, you know, seeing who might need help is, is a great place to start, but definitely Mm -hmm. the most visible and obvious, uh, options are, are a good place to start. Yeah. How about prayer? Do you ever sort of have a little prayerful feeling about God? Who would you want me to help today? Um, I I wish I could say that that was something that I was doing consistently, but I think maybe you would be the the example there. I I think that's a really good idea. Definitely for everyone listening, um, that was not my idea; that was hers. Um, and I'm very proud of how good of a person she is. <laughs> I don't want to take credit for that. 
Well, you're extremely service oriented, however you figure out who you want to serve, but you are also a very prayerful person about other things. So I think we both find um, solace and um, peace and happiness in prayer. Right. And then what about, um, what about anything else that we do that's spiritual? Maybe, um, read the scriptures. Uh, sure. Yeah. I think that that's, that's a good one for sure. Definitely help a lot of people. Yeah. And they've been, been a game changer for both of us, huh? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that connection, and I guess when you're working with people that maybe don't believe in God, how can you, this is a hard one, but I'm really curious, especially as a mental health professional that you're becoming, how can you help people have that spiritual connection when really they don't necessarily share your love of prayer or scriptures or, you know, the, maybe the, in our case, the temple or something, how do you help them? But, but, but you know that they need that spiritual connection. How do you help them? Or do you just kind of not cover that area with them ever? Um, I, that's, I think a totally different question for a different podcast. I, um, as a professional, I have a very strict um, code of ethics that I need to adhere to. So, Oh, you're not allowed um, to bring it up at all. I, 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 I focus on what the client wants to work on. So for instance, if the client brings up, um, I'm interested in maybe exploring a more spiritual side of myself, then that's something that we can explore together and, and whatever is best for them. They, they can kind of learn that on their own. Um, but technically, no, I, I never really have the desire to say, what about this? Uh, <laughs> have you it, heard this Billy Graham talk? <laughs> yeah. When it comes to spiritual stuff, because yeah. I feel like that's so, um, personal. And also I would, um, be in be jeopardy violating. as a yeah. professional for doing that. Yeah. That makes sense. But if they bring it up, then you're allowed to kind of encourage them to say whatever they want to say. Uh, for sure. Yeah. And I think that, um, spirituality can help a lot of people with a lot of different things. So, um, if someone is interested in that, then it could potentially be, um, really awesome for them. I know there's, uh, certain clinicians who have dedicated their entire practice just to, um, helping people who might have, uh, religious or spiritual concerns. Um, so yeah, I think that that could be positive for a lot of people. Oh, okay. So right now while you're in training, you're not allowed to ever do that. But when you become a, when, when you're licensed or whatever it is, the next step, you're able to choose like, which like you could become a more like religious therapist or something. Um, so Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, the short answer would be yes. I think that like you could, you would have to maybe establish your own practice and say like, I am a therapist who specializes in people who are going through like faith crises or, or religious problems. Like you could, you could, or have an interest in religion or something. Uh, yeah, you could definitely put that in your, um, in your specialty. Got it. Um, but still, if your client was like not bringing that up, I wouldn't just be like, yeah. So do you want to think about Like, I feel like that's, that's a tough question. You believe in God? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think that's a podcast for another time. Yeah. 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 Okay. I agree. And we will have more podcasts. So let's close with that. Cause we'll have you on again. And, um, by the way, sweetheart, thanks for the fun walk today. And thanks for being an awesome daughter. Yeah. It's thanks so for fun. having me. I love you so much. Talk to you later. Okay. Thanks everybody. We'll see you next time on mom's room.